they present us with the problems, their business problems, our client business problems, and we work with them to find a, a technology solution to solve those. So any project that we work on has that end value because it always comes from a business problem. Hello, this is Matthew Grant, partner at Instec London. Now, Allianz is one of the world's largest insurance companies and Allianz Global Corporate Specialty, or AGCS, focuses on providing insurance to companies of all sizes around the world from over 200 offices. So it's really interesting to have a chance to talk to Michelle Williams, who heads up the recently formed Allianz XSE, or Cross-Functional Smart Evolution. This is their central innovation unit at Allianz AGCS. And Michelle is based out of Munich. And Michelle has a degree in engineering, but also brings to her role experience in risk assessment and underwriting with Allianz. Uh, in our discussion, she provides some very helpful insights into Allianz's strategy for why, how, and where it looks for new ideas. Uh, and it's also worth noting that most of the work they do, or probably all of the work they do, begins with the customer and with a customer problem. Sounds obvious, but something that can often be forgotten about when it comes to the you know, complicated world of commercial and specialty insurance. Michelle also talks about the Allianz Trend Compass, worth taking a look at that. It's a tool they use, uh, which is available to anyone, and there is a link in the episode notes to where you can find it on the web. Once again, we're delighted to be supported by Insurance Insider for these podcasts. They are one of the best sources of information on the global wholesale specialty and reinsurance market. Personally, I've been reading their daily bulletins for over 10 years and a quick search just now on Allianz brought up 15 articles from the last month alone. As a listener of our podcast, Insider is giving you subscription for a free month. So do try it out. The link's in the episode notes. Michelle, delighted to welcome you to London. It's a brief trip over here, I think, from your normal location in Munich. Perhaps if you could just describe your role today uh, and what you're doing at Allianz uh, AGCS. So at AGCS, I am head of a team um, of very skilled people within a department called XSE. So XSE stands for the Cross-Functional Smart Evolution, and it's all about digital transformation and innovation within the company. And what took you from engineering into your, your current role? Um, when I left university, I went to a company to design fire suppression systems, fire protection systems, and then I was offered an opportunity within the insurance industry to work as a risk consultant. And I did that role for a number of years and was then offered an opportunity to move into underwriting and in doing so moved to Munich. And while I was there, um, our board member, um, who has a, a huge vision around innovation and transformation, started a project on what the underwriter of the future looks like. I got involved with this project and that developed very, very quickly into something far bigger than underwriting. So what does the insurance company of the, look, of the future look like with regard to claims, underwriting, market management, back office functions? And from that, we developed the team, the XSE team, and I was given the great opportunity to lead it. What defines what you're doing and, and what success is in terms of the outcome from XSE? So we want to take insurance from the very traditional industry it is today and through um, challenging the business models, through using data differently, through bringing technology, really start to do something different for our clients. 
So, Michelle, when people look at Allianz, they probably see you as one large organization, but in reality, you're broken down into some different components. Can you just talk a little bit about what Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty does uh, relative to the rest of the group company? Allianz SE is the group company, and within Allianz SE, there are many, many operating entities, of which AGCS is one. From a UK perspective, Allianz UK is another one, and we have a lot of, of local entities within different parts of the world. AGCS, Allianz Global Corporate Specialty, is the, the global corporate insurance carrier for the Allianz solutions. So you're looking after the, the big, large, complicated risks that exactly. tend to be almost entirely commercial and the personal lines is, is a totally separate yes. side of the business. Yes. When we spoke before, there were uh, four or maybe even five areas that you're w- working on that seem to be quite a sort of helpful way of, of categorizing how, I guess, anybody in innovation in an insurance company should be thinking? So we have four key areas. We have what we call the innovation area. So the focus of our innovation team is strategic. It's around looking at what are the future trends, how will they impact insurance and how will they impact our customers. So to get these solutions, we we talk a lot to clients, we talk to the senior members of the organization to really understand where they see our organization being in the next years. And then we work with our clients, we work with our senior members to, to try and find the solutions. To find those solutions, we employ lean startup methods, design thinking, to really get from day one um, a solution that will be valuable for our clients moving forward. Then we have a second area we call the capabilities area. This is um, has a slightly different focus. Its focus is a little bit more internal, and this team works directly with our client-facing functions, so underwriting, market management, claims. The idea is... They present us with the problems, their business problems, our client business problems, and we work with them to find a, a technology solution to solve those. So any project that we work on has that end value because it always comes from a business problem. We have a data science team. They work very closely with our innovation teams and with our capabilities team. But this is all about in, in enhancing the internal capabilities and use of data, democratizing the data for our our people to use differently, to use better, to gain better insights. But it's also about training and upskilling and really teaching people that data isn't scary. It can be used and it can deliver results which enable us to make much better decisions to support our clients. So customers are clearly at the heart of what you're, you're doing, but it's only my experience, and, and I think it's changing, but I think there's still some challenges in working with the risk managers who are generally employed to buy insurance and get them to think differently and actually consider other ways of protecting your risk. So how, I mean, how, how do you find that when you're going to talk to your customers? Who are your main points of contact there? And, and are things changing with the sort of willingness to take on some different ways to, to do risk management at your clients? The risk managers are still very, very important to us and they have huge insights into the company and into what the company needs. For us, uh, it's about more than talking to the risk managers. When you're talking about innovation and the services we as insurers can offer moving forward, we need to also talk to other areas of the business where we can have an impact. So um, it's good to talk to supply chain managers, finance people, um, where some of the solutions 
can make a difference, but also where there is a budget to pay for some of these solutions. Because ultimately, while we're looking to innovate and transform and make a difference, we need to be doing it in the sense that people are willing to pay for these solutions. And if we want that to happen, we need to be talking to people who have the budgets, who have the problems that we need to solve. Uh, and so when you talk about paying for the solutions, is are you ch- building a separate consulting business alongside the insurance business, or is that bundled into the, uh, the, the way you negotiate the premiums? Some of the services would be part of the bundled premiums, but what we're trying to do is really understand what the the needs are, what the pains are, what the problems are, beyond the risk transfer. I think we all see that from... A risk transfer perspective, our clients are moving forward very, very fast. They're embracing technology, they're embracing innovation. They understand their risks much better than they did just a few years ago. And in understanding their risks better, they're willing to retain a lot more of this risk. What they need from us is to fill those gaps that they can't do themselves. So they're willing to retain more risk, but clearly as an insurance company, you want to continue to grow your premium. So it sounds like the balance is... They retain more risks because they can manage those better, maybe they understand them better, but you're helping them by tackling some of the problems that previously they just wouldn't have had the ability to, to understand or quantify, and therefore you're kind of changing the, maybe changing the landscape of risk um, into areas that people before would have potentially lost, suffered large losses because they just didn't understand how to manage the risk. Yeah, this is the idea. Good. So just talking a little bit about who you're, you're working with now, I think you prefer not to work with startups or you find you, you're, you're more successful when you're working with companies that have actually have got some traction and scale-ups. Could you just talk, talk a little bit you know, why, why that is? We always start our process with a business problem. Um, we don't think about the technology. We really try to identify what is the problem we're trying to solve. When we've identified this, we then look out to the market to say, what is the technology and what is the sort of company that can help us do that? This could be a startup, this could be a larger company, and really at this this very early stage, we want the best company to deliver the solution to us. I think where we face more challenges is when we're looking to scale, because many of the startups that we come across can deliver a fantastic solution at a small scale, but when we're looking to increase this to scale globally, um, the capabilities are not there. So yeah. you're not saying no to startups, but they either need to be in a very niche area where you've got a specific skill set that they can fit in almost straight away to supporting a client, or they need to be able to scale very quickly with you because you, you don't really have the luxury of educating them on, on what insurance is and incubating them when you've, you've got some fairly pressing demands to address your client's needs. Yes. If you look at the organizations you work with, what's about, not your clients, but the companies that are helping you support your clients, what was this balance and, and is this trend changing between organizations that are already working in insurance and helping other insurance companies versus people you come across that are, you know, haven't yet done anything meaningful within insurance? I think it's about 50-50. Many of the problems that we, we have that we're trying to solve are directly focused on insurance and for that it's better to work with companies that have a knowledge in the area, it speeds things up, they can bring knowledge from working with different companies and really come up with a, a tangible solution that fits the insurance industry. But also some of the challenges we have need a slightly different mindset. So we're very open to working with companies that don't necessarily have an insurance background but have a very good, solid background and technical capability in the problem we're trying to solve and sometimes for us bringing in that knowledge from outside the insurance industry challenges us to think differently and comes up with a better solution 
And just because this is a theme that people love to come back to, you know, how many of the companies you work with turn up and uh, are trying to disrupt the industry and you know, challenge you by telling you that you're moving far too slowly and you don't get it you know, versus those that are maybe a little bit more established, have got data clients outside the industry, uh, a little bit more mature. I think in our space, um, it's much more about the established ones. We don't get many startups telling us that, that we need to be more disruptive um, if you look at other areas of the business, the more retail area of the business, there's a lot more startups in that space really t- trying to disrupt that space. There's not so much expertise in the larger corporate space. So the people that we work with generally aren't about disrupting. Presumably there are areas of crossover between retail that you can see coming into the into the commercial specialty area, things such as sort of fractional on-demand insurance that you know, started off in uh, cars and property and renters are you seeing things like that that you can learn from what's happening outside of your normal area and start to sort of bring those into the commercial space absolutely um pay as you go pay as you fly pay as you drive um definitely there is there is potential um why do we have to have an annual insurance policy which is very traditional why do we have to insure everything can we insure specific parts of the equipment so there are there are many many ways that we can disrupt the industry and there are there are many lessons that we can learn from this more retail type business where they've really challenged and disrupted and really changed the customer journey. And that's what we need to take and understand and reuse rather than build it from scratch. And, and talking about sort of pay-as-you-go, um, maybe moving away from an annual contract, you know, one of the areas that is getting a lot of attention is the use of IoT tapping into data from sensors, from buildings, machinery. Where are you? Where are you? Are you on that? Is there anything specific you can talk about in, in real life applications that you've managed to find working with your clients? I mean, IoT is an interesting topic for us, and it's something that we're currently investigating um, quite a high level of detail. I think there are a number of challenges. Um, those challenges from our perspective are what is the real value that we add from an insurance perspective why would a customer give us data because it has to be more about premium reduction if you're working in the corporate space premium reduction isn't really so much of an option because of everything you have to take into account so if you look in the retail space if you look at motor if you look at health there are direct applications where if somebody is healthy, they get premium reduction. If somebody drives better, they have a benefit to their own premium. It's not so straightforward in the corporate space. So there has to be more, there has to be a value add, there has to be something from our knowledge and experience that we can bring to our clients through IoT, which adds a value. And this is the this is the the intangible piece that I think we're all searching for at the moment. There's not an obvious answer, but I think it's very important for us to investigate this fully because there is a lot of potential. Part of that is that the willingness to share data and, and the risk of sharing data is it exposes more risk rather than less risk. So it's a challenge that together with your clients, you're still trying to work out where the, the best mutual advantage is, or is there still some lack of trust in terms of actually the sharing the data? There is still a lack of trust. There is still a fear that if if our customers share data with us, we will use that and it will impact them negatively. Um, it, it's still very much um, very cyclical in the sense that they don't want to share data because we can't prove the value, but we can't prove the value until we have the data. 
this is what we're trying to tackle at the moment is find, finding those one or two com companies willing to work with us to really try and investigate how we can do that and we've we've actually come across a couple of companies who who we're talking to at the moment where we have the potential to do this moving forward so just moving on a little bit to how you sort of map out the landscape you you have a, a trend compass at Alliance that you use to sort of identify what things you want to be working on now versus other areas out there in the future. Can you just talk a little bit about what that is and, and how that's used and is that available to other people to, to look at? So our Trend Compass was developed in response to the need to identify areas to focus on. There's a lot of different types of technology out there and you talk to people, there's a lot of problems, but we really wanted to be able to focus. So we worked um, with a third party and we worked with a number of our customers to say, what really are the trends that impact you now? What do you think is going to impact you in a few years? And what do we just need to think about? It's not going to really touch us in the next few years, but it's something we need to keep on our radar for the future. And we split those up into three areas. Uh, the ACT area, where this impacts us now, it impacts our clients now, we really need to act and look at these technologies because they will have, make a difference. There's the watch. So in three to five years, we believe that these trends are the ones which will be driving the future changes. And then think, which is a little bit longer term, so five to seven years where the technology is there, people are talking about it, but there's no real tangible impact on it at the moment. So having split this out into the three areas, the watch, act, think, um, we then use that to, to train our people. So we have a lot of seminars, webinars to help people understand what that actually means and how that, what implications that has for them. And we also look at them and then we deep dive. So Internet of Things is one that we've just talked about. This is something that was identified in the, the watch area. So um, our team is now doing a deep dive into the Internet of Things, what that means for us, what that means for our customers. Another area which is in the watch is platforms. What does that actually mean? Because you say platforms, it could mean actually absolutely anything. And what does what can we bring to the table from an innovation perspective? So there's somebody else on the team who's doing a deep dive in this particular space. Our trend compass is split into two areas. There's the internal compass, which is really about what is the insurance impact of trends. And then there's the, the external, the client compass, which is what, what is really impacting our clients at the moment. Now, things are slightly different, but that's okay because there are overlaps and it's these overlaps that we want to focus on. The Trend Compass is available to anybody who wants to look at it. You just need to go to the Alliance website and type in Trend Compass and Great. you we'll, can look in more detail. We'll put, put a link for that in the episode notes. So Michelle, one, one of the problems many insurance companies have is allowing people in the organization to have time and motivating them to bring new ideas into the business how, how do you solve that for your underwriters and your uh, analysts and other people across the organization to help them find some ways to carve out some of their time from their day job to bring you ideas and also actually the other way when you've got the ideas how do you get their attention to actually get those into practice Motivating our underwriters and, and, and our claims handlers is not is not the problem. They are motivated, they have ideas, they really want to make this happen. Allowing them time to do it is more difficult because there is a very strong focus on the moment at the moment on the day-to-day -day business and profitability as there should be. As we said earlier, every every problem comes from the business. So every problem has a product owner, the business owner who is really motivated to solve that. This person takes responsibility and we ask their managers to give them a certain amount of time to focus on delivering this solution. 
And in doing so, we get the motivation, we get the, the hands-on experience of what needs to be delivered because the person who has the problem is working with us side by side. And um, we get a faster solution because people have dedicated time to deliver it. So finally, when you look out there, what are the really hard problems that you haven't yet solved? And where are the opportunities for people looking at how they can help you or others in this industry? There are a lot of problems, um, and I don't think we should underestimate what a challenge we actually have at the moment. But if I was to narrow it down, I would say there's three. First is data. Um, Everybody says that data is a new goal, but data in itself isn't helpful. Data that is of good quality, that is, is pulled together in the right way to generate the insights, has a huge amount of value. But historically, we don't necessarily have data in the format that enables us to generate these insights. So we have to do a lot of work to bring in external data, combine it with our internal data to generate the insights which add the value. Culture. From an insurance perspective, insurance is a very old industry, it's a very traditional industry. Um, we, we have to change the culture, we have to start making people challenge what they do and accept that things are going to change. And to do that, what we need to do is develop the solutions and show them they get a benefit from it. But it takes time, so culture is a big one for us. And the third one is value. We have to deliver value. Change for the sake of change isn't change. Change that adds value, makes lives, people's lives better, um, solves their problems, that is great. But, but we have to really focus on what is the value we're trying to deliver. And that takes time. And it takes a certain skill set to really deep dive and say, this is what I want to solve. It's not a generic problem anymore. It's this piece which has the most value that we need to focus on. Good. And I assume being a German company, when you talk about you need to define value delivery, there are some very clear metrics that are expected to demonstrate that you actually have done that as opposed to just sort of talking about it. Yes. So our, our key areas are growth, profitability and productivity. And I think that's probably the same for anybody who's listening. So we... My team doesn't focus on process improvements. There is, this is very, very important to the organization because improving processes is fundamental to the way we move forward. But our focus is on delivering solutions which deliver profitable growth to the organization, whether that is through a product or a service. But ultimately, um, we have to deliver a value to the organization and to our clients. Good. And there's a number of companies you're, you're working with and, and sort of case studies out there which we don't have time to go into now but um, people can find those if they yes. go out onto yeah, if they go onto the website the there's information there fantastic uh, so finally if anybody out there has got an idea they want to bring to you uh, at, at AGCS what's the best way to contact either you or, or your team uh, I would say if I could ask you to put my details um, on, on your website please I'd welcome anybody who wants to contact me by phone by email by any other messaging way uh, and we'll be happy to respond and talk to you we are always looking for new problems new solutions to solve good well let's get together in a few months and uh, and see what you've heard and, and what you've learned in the interviewing interviewing period but Michelle that's been great it's uh, you're, you're heading back to Munich today it's I guess it's almost uh, Oktoberfest time isn't it in yeah it's coming starting this weekend so do you do you take a do you take a tent there and go out and wave your uh, your beer stein around and join in the singing I couldn't possibly comment <laughs> Michelle thank you thank you so lots to take in there 
But did you know you don't need to listen to our podcast with a pen in hand to take notes? We're now providing full transcripts of many of our podcasts on our website. So if you go to www.instec.london and look under insights, you'll find the podcasts with transcripts beneath them. Now, if you want to come along in person to any of our monthly events, we'd be delighted to see you there. Our details are on the website and you can sign up usually for uh, two events in advance. If you want to know about the events, first of all, uh, make sure you don't miss out on registration, then please do sign up for our newsletter. It's the bright yellow band on the right hand side of the website, London. Finally, don't forget to take a look at the episode notes for your link to your free copy of Insurance Insider.